Support for Talking Heart on WVIK comes from the people at Quad City Bank and Trust, helping the local community with their banking and financial needs for more than 20 years. Information is at qcbt.com. Support also comes from the estate of Margaret Skinner, a longtime friend of WVIK and lover of the arts. Carolyn Martin, and I'm talking art today with Mark Azila, the Director of Education and Community Engagement for the Quad City Symphony Orchestra. Good morning, Mark. Good morning. On May 11th, the Quad City Symphony Orchestra is putting on what's been described as a genre-busting or a crossover performance at the Rust Belt venue in East Moline. Describe what will happen that night. So the Quad City Symphony has partnered with Sean Moeller, Uh, to produce a concert at the Rust Belt, the new venue in East Moline, where the Quad City Symphony would pair with an artist that someone might not expect to see uh, partner with the Quad City Symphony. Uh, We at the symphony love all kinds of music, and we love performing for all types of audiences and in, in, in all of the different places that we can find to play. And so, um, we were really interested in this experimentation so we we internally we called it the experimental concert and so we thought what would it be like if we took um this partnership and flesh it out with two chamber orchestra sets that are that are nice and short but feature the quad city symphony in a way that we traditionally can't feature it on a masterworks concert so chamber orchestra very small setting each player is a soloist essentially and uh, so we have two sets of um, beginning with uh, Bach Brandenburg concerto to show the virtuosity of our string players then we have <clears throat> uh, a movement from Bartok divertimento for strings then we take a, a break and then come back with a piece by Carl Bettendorf. And then we close it out with uh, Stravinsky's Dunbarton and Oaks Concerto, uh, which personally I played that before. It's a really difficult piece, but it's a really great piece. And it's something that I think that all types of ears can find something in it to, to really get excited about as well as the other chamber orchestra pieces. And then the third set, we come back and we partner with Harmar Superstar, who in in and of himself, I think, is a little bit of a genre buster as a singer. And uh, so you could say that he's he's a soul singer. He's an indie rock artist, you know, whatever you want to call him. He's just a great singer that's got great music. And so Sean reached out to a number of artists to, to ask, you know, what do you think about partnering with a symphony orchestra and Harmar came back to him and said I would love that and um, so then that's how the concert mm-hmm. was born. And that's what's really so unique about this I think is that Harmar superstar is someone that you typically don't see performing with your orchestra. Now his his real name is Sean Tillman yep. and he's from Minneapolis um, and he's been described as playing uh, rhythm and blues, pop, kind of soul. Uh, I, uh, I understand he has quite an amazing live show. Mm-hmm. I uh, read online that he said he earns his keep with sweat equity. And, yeah. uh, and watching some of his videos, I believe that's probably true. Yeah, I mean, this season for us has really been all about uh, coming coming and joining us. So it's been an open invitation for everybody to come and check us out and uh, to have fun with us. And so uh, this is one of those times where I'm like extremely excited to perform because – 
it um um I like to party and <laughs> to mix party and work uh is going to be something really fun in the sense that uh I don't think that if you're going to if you're in that room that he's going to allow you to to have a bad time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it really confronts the misperception or, or stereotype that classical musicians are 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 serious people. Yeah. I mean they they are, but they right. have a fun side. Well, as I well. mean I think we've kind of earned that uh, reputation in the sense that a lot of of how orchestras market themselves traditionally is to say, you know, this is elite, this is, you know, whatever word that you want to, to, to insert to separate our music from everything else. And that's something that I've personally never believed. And I know that a number of my colleagues, if not a majority of them, also don't believe that what we do is only for a certain um, group of people. And so uh, before I went to get my master's degree at Carnegie Mellon in horn performance, I played bass in a metal band called Death Virginia. And we we did some touring, and it was something that I actually seriously considered making my career. And, uh, you know, I eventually uh, decided that I, I could still play and, and continue my education. And then um, my career kind of fleshed out as an orchestral musician. But it's something where, like, I think at the root of every musician is you want to connect with people, you want to share with people. And I think that this concert is is really a celebration of that spirit because um like I want to see I want to see everybody at this show and I want to see everybody having a great time and it it's definitely going to be like going to a normal show at the Rust Belt so the bars will be open. Uh you're encouraged to come up close to the orchestra stand. There will be seating. Uh, but it, it is an opportunity for you to to really see everything that our musicians can do. Mm-hmm. How do the symphony members feel about playing in a venue like the Rust Belt? Because it is so different from the Adler Theater or Centennial Hall. Well, um, you know, there are a few musicians who are, you know, just making sure that, that yes, indeed, there would be chairs and stands for us to use. And But uh, I think that whereas this concert is is something extremely different within this community and within the QCSO um, offerings, but it's really not something that is completely unheard of in our field. And so, you know, putting art in found spaces is something that we've been, you know, experimenting with, you know, for my entire lifetime, at least. And so I think that people, uh, the musicians in the orchestra said, you know, this sounds like a really fun show for us to play. And we trust that the QCSO management can provide a facility and all of the things that we'll need to to do our jobs as best we can. Um, but at the same time, it's it, it's uh, I think all worries are just going to be washed away when they finally get inside that venue and see see what is available here in the Quad Cities. And, you know, I've been in to the space before it opened, but I haven't been in for a show since. And I've been out of town a lot. But uh, it's one of those things where it's like, I, I can't wait to get in there and see what they've done. It's really great because they can accommodate large crowds as large as 4,000 people. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they can partition it. So they make it can make it a more intimate space. Absolutely. I saw Locat Cunny last Saturday, and they had a partition up, and it really made it um, just so fun. Yeah. Uh, how common is it for symphonic orchestras to reach out in new directions like this? I mean, that's a complicated question, and, and I think it's something I might answer 
differently depending on the day. But um, I would say the Quad Cities Symphony, uh, as I work as an administrator and a musician, is, is probably one of the more flexible organizations I've ever been a part of. And flexible in the sense that, you know, a lot of the members of our board, a lot of members of the staff, a lot of members of our orchestra believe that um, that there is growth possibilities in experimentation and trying new things that that, you know, developing a tolerance for artistic risk and, you know, financial risk uh, to be real about it is something that that it's it for us has been um I wouldn't describe it as hard but in other organizations that I've worked for I couldn't imagine something like this happening um just because uh if there's a critical mass of people who really believe that classical music is only for a certain section of people um then you know trying to say that that an effort for us to present ourselves differently to to those folks would be a complete waste of time and going in an opposite direction to what they think success would be for this for that organization and so that's one of those times where as a musician i feel um really blessed to to be a part of this organization because um you know i i kind of miss playing bass in a metal band and I kind of miss you know that part of my artistic life and now I know that you know on on May 11th I'm not going to be playing bass in a metal band by any means but to like to have that same energy and to 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 have the support of the organization to create something like that is going to be soup is personally going to be personally gratifying um so I mean, it's a tough thing to say because it's like I could name a number of orchestras that all they do is experimental concerts. But then I can name, you know, exponential amounts of orchestras that when you see their seasons announced, it it seems like it was, you know, cut and pasted from 25, 30 years ago. And so um, I hope that people have noticed that that there's been an intentional effort to break that cycle um, and uh, here in the Quad Cities. And for us to be, you know, personally, I want us to be a model for other orchestras to say that, you know, that Beethoven and Mozart and Mahler and Bruckner and Stravinsky are great composers and their music has standed the test of time and there will always be a place for that music in our seasons but there must be a place for other things Mm -hmm. there must be a place for new things and it's and it must be in a place where outwardly we're saying that this um is is the core of what we do it's not something outside of of what we do it's part of what we do Mm -hmm. and i really think that the qcso is is as has really pulled experimentation into the core of what they do. And it's something that we were able to showcase in our last Masterworks concert with the Jim Stevenson City Speaks piece. And anybody who got to see that and hear that piece were blown away by the fact that um, we can play great music and incorporate multimedia, and it works, and it and it's really great. Yeah, the artistic 
risk taking that the QCSO is is is, uh, is really taking on with this is is really I th- I think the the best story mm-hmm. um, from this. Now that the three different sets that you're playing is there something that links them together? Is there is there, is there a commonality you know a thread there or are they very distinct? Um, I would say they're each of the four pieces is rather distinct from one another, but it's music that. Um, like I said before, is not going to necessarily be on a Masterworks concert. When people come to our six Masterworks performances, they expect to see, you know, the full complement of the Quad City Symphony Orchestra. They expect to be, you know, blown away by big brass. They expect to be taken by, you know, our soulful, wonderful woodwind section. And they expect to be swept up by our strings. And with this, um... I think we're going to be able to show another side of classical music, a more intimate side of classical music that also challenges us orally. So the Bach will be something that's very tonal, but an exciting piece of music to get us going. And then we switch into Bartok that takes you a little bit away, further away from that tonal center. And then we get to Bettendorf in the second set. It's for, you know, small wind section. Um, Each wind player doubles on another instrument. There's a large percussion complement. There's piano. Um, That piece, I think, will will really be the most challenging to the ear, but challenging in in a good way. It's if only challenging if you limit your your horizons for for what classical music is but it's something that you hear sounds that you that seem otherworldly he takes you to places if you let yourself go there where it's just completely unexpected and it's a piece i had no um experience with and then now that i've heard um, some recordings of it it's really fantastic mm-hmm. and the composer is going to be here to uh to experience it with us which is going to be wonderful and that's a story in and of itself and mm-hmm. it's, his piece is entitled Palim- pamplicest is that correct yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I hope i didn't butcher that too much yeah. and uh i'm not you know, gonna it, try <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know i'm intrigued by this contemporary composer because um because his last name is bettendorf is there mm-hmm. is there is he related at all we, to the original bettendorf brothers? i mean of course we've We've kind of chatted about it, and and he believes that he is, and but without, you know, documentation to prove it. So, mm-hmm. we're gonna kind of just say he is. Yeah, he is. <laughs> He's originally from Germany. Exactly. I understand. And I mean, the just the bit of Bettendorf being played in, you know, <laughs> an adjacent Quad uh-huh. City, which is hilarious in some respects, I guess. <laughs> and conductor Mark Russell Smith was familiar with him. Yeah, um, he worked with him uh, when Mark was conducting with the St. Paul Chamber Orchestra. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that that's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to look up the definition of pamplicest, which is something reused or uh, altered, but still containing uh, visible traces of its original form. So mm-hmm. say like an original manuscript mm-hmm. um, where people have just written over it again. Right. Um, so I don't know if that reflects the, the music, uh, how think, it sounds or, I or not. I think so. I think so. Yeah. Uh, now, Bill Campbell, who's chair of the music department at St. Ambrose University, he arranged the music for the third set in which Harmar, superstar, mm-hmm. is performing. And we're going to have a chance to talk with him, uh, with, with Dr. Campbell, next week. Mm-hmm. Have you worked with him before? 
Yeah, Bill's a great friend of mine, and um, I'm on faculty at St. Ambrose. But even before I joined the faculty of St. Ambrose, um, I'd played Bill's music. Um, he wrote an overture for us um, uh, for our 100th season. Um, but I had I'd met him at Quad City Symphony concerts at the Afterglow and all that kind of stuff. So Bill's a great guy, and um, he's also someone who... Um, in my dealings with him, sees music very similarly to how I see it and and wants to do the kind of experiment experimental work that uh, I think keeps classical music vibrant and, and relevant. And so um, we reached out to Bill and and, and actually because there's a there's a bit of a time crunch. It's one of these things where we'd been working on the project with um, Sean Moeller for a number of months, but kind of came together <laughs> right here at, at a deadline for us, I suppose. And so um, Bill is going to be doing half of the charts, and Ethan Elseth, who is the guitarist in Harmar's band, will be doing the other half of the charts. And so I think that's, act that's actually going to be really cool, because Bill, uh, we kind of tasked him with, like, here is the instrumentation that we have. That, that follows the the needs for the Stravinsky, Bettendorf, Bach, and uh, Bartok. And we wanted the, the arrangements and this experience to be truly um, collaborative. So we wanted the charts to be something that added to the music, that it wasn't accompaniment to the music, but it was really part of of the piece. And I've done gigs where they hire an orchestra and you play whole notes underneath everything and you feel like, why did they bother hiring me when they could have just played a keyboard or something like that? And so um, I think what we're going to get out of that are are truly arrangements of Harmar Superstar music that you won't be able to hear possibly again. And uh, that's something that's really exciting because I think it really, it gives this date and time something that's extremely special. And it's that, you know, we've put this time and we've put this heart into this project and we get to do it once and you get to hear it once. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming you're recording it though. I um, hope you are. Well, that, but our, our recordings are not available to the general public. So it's, it's um, one of those things where you have to come out and, and join us on that night. For people who are not familiar with Harmar Superstar, uh, you can watch his videos, which are just hilarious, mm -hmm. uh, at the website harmarsuperstar.com. Uh, and also listen to a variety of his songs. I believe he's playing 10 or 12 of his most popular mm -hmm. ones. And he is just funny to watch. There's a lot of bravado in his, in his performance. Yeah, and, you know, I've really... I've really gotten into this music and I as soon as we we heard who we'd be working with I um I made myself a Spotify playlist of all the possible tunes and then you know I listened through so that I could give some comment as to to what I th what I think the 12 tunes should be and the thing that's so great about him is that he is not only a great singer and his music has it has simplicity. It has complexity. Um, and right through the middle of it, his lyrics are written with care and real artistry in the sense that 
if he wants a song to be funny, it's going to be hilarious. If he wants a song to, you know, juxtapose his stage presence next to a song that's about, um, you know, confidence being a struggle sometimes, but here's this guy on stage singing about confidence, is it's just really interesting to me. And it's something that um, sometimes I can kind of just listen to things and, and not really, really listen. And he, his music drew me in. And I was really happy with what I found when when I got into it. So mm-hmm. it's something where like I feel like everybody should, you know, take the time and familiar familiarize yourself with his his music and and the lyrics. And then you know when you get there uh, for the show, you're just gonna have a great time. And um, it's something I've been looking forward to it for for a year. And it just got amped up when when we finally fell into place and mm-hmm. so how can someone obtain tickets and, and how much do they cost tickets are $25 and uh they're being sold through the molar knights website so um you can go to the quad city symphony website qcso.org and it's on our event page but the link will take you through to sean uh, molar's site to purchase tickets and then uh We'll see you that night. Uh-huh. What do you think the chances are that the QCSO will continue to put on alternative programming like this? Um, I'd say it's very, very likely. Um, and it's something that I know we, um, meaning everybody in the organization, um, believes in. So it's something that, like, there's nothing that could happen to say that this concert didn't go well. We're going to play well. It's going to be an amazing show. And it's something that, you know, I believe that night everybody will feel the success of of that. And I think the audience will feel that in the sense that, you know, man, I live in a community that has people who are thinking like this and and Mm -hmm. trying things. And and they're reaching out to me to be a part of this. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just can't imagine that that anybody would come out of that experience and say, you know, I think we should try something more conservative that that doesn't seem like reality mm-hmm. and so we're still going to be doing chamber shows and distilleries and breweries and wineries and we're still gonna invite you to come out and hang out with us and um you know we've got some great movie concerts next year which you know five years ago we didn't have um our masterworks programming next year is is really interesting and gives a lot of angles of the orchestra and I really think that this concert is uh, this model of concert is going to fit nicely into this season and and future seasons. I certainly hope so because it you know events like this just make it a lot more fun to live in the Quad Cities. Absolutely. Yeah. Well Mark Zyla thank you so much for talking today and for your contribution in bringing this really unique concert performance to the Quad Cities. Well thank you very much for having me and I look forward to seeing everybody there. Don't miss the opportunity to see the QCSO in concert with the Rhythm and Blues pop performer Harmar Superstar at the Rust Belt in East Moline on Saturday, May 11th. The fun begins at 6 p.m. Tickets can be obtained at qcso.org or at molarnights.com. And tune in next Monday morning to hear our accompanying interview with Dr. Bill Campbell about his musical arrangements for this performance. This has been Carolyn Martin, Talking Art in the Quad Cities for WVIK. I know this is